The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Well, good morning, everybody. Also, a warm welcome from me on this beautiful day today. We're in a, a new series uh, in the Psalms starting today, and the reason we've, I've picked this, is part of the reason is obviously I feel that this is uh, something God would have us do, but secondly, I know this time of year is, uh, is like a scary time of year, especially for those of kids, right? There's like this year, the end of the year is just compressed and things happen so quickly. So uh, I believe the Psalms speak into our lives in a way that help us manage uh, where we're at in life. There's a story that I read just recently about a, a pilot who was, who, was, who was flying very quickly in a jet and uh, was, was, was in these, these maneuvers, but she didn't realize she was upside down. And they say that happens when you're in a certain amount of G-force that you don't really feel where is up and where is down, and you can become disorientated, especially if there's cloud around. And she was in this high-speed maneuver flying upside down, not knowing it. And so she pulled the, the, the stick to go up, but actually she went into the ground and killed herself, which is a tragedy. But sometimes life feels like that. We're flying high speed upside down. Sometimes you look at our community, our folks around us, and, and then the lives we live and the things we get up to, and it just feels like life is sometimes flying high speed And we're not quite sure which is up and which is down. We're not sure what we can trust, like this lady. And so the Psalms invite us into a journey. There was an early church father, he lived in the 4th century by the name of Athanasius, and he said in the Psalms, you learn about yourself. You find depicted in it all the movements of your soul, all its changes, all its ups and downs, its failures. And recoveries. Let me ask you this morning, how happy are you? If you had to put on a scale, 1 to 10, how happy are you? How deeply satisfied and contented are you right now? I must be honest, at times I I do feel happy. At other times I feel like I'm chasing happiness. Wanting to, if there's something else out there that might fill uh, my, my heart sometimes. And Psalm 1 invites us into this journey of happiness. It's a wisdom psalm. It's a psalm that teaches us wisdom for life. It's a song about Jesus. And you'll hear more about that as we go through this series. Psalm 1, verse 1. Let's journey together into this journey toward happiness. Because we know that life sometimes feels like we're flying upside down. Psalm 1 verse 1 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners, that or take a seat in the company of mockers. 
Notice firstly it uses this word blessed. And I know you're going to argue with me afterwards that the happiness and blessed are not quite the same word. I get that. And, and happiness we tend to feel, you know, talk about, well, you're just feeling uh, pumped, you know, and smiling and, and everything's good. But let, I'm using the word happiness in a, in a certain way. When it talks about this deep sense of well-being, this deep sense of connectedness, this deep sense of, of just journeying in life and, and being good with that. And the psalm starts out by saying, blessed. And so it's saying, well, happiness is possible. This blessed life is possible. It's, it's something that, that is there for us to take. If we go right back to the book of Genesis, so right in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, that says that God blessed Adam and Eve and said, be fruitful and increase in number. Later on in Genesis 12, he says to Abraham, he says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a great name and a great nation, and I will bless others through you. Then in the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, and I know I'm skimming through the Bible here if you're not that familiar with it. I trust you keep up with me, um, but it's okay if you don't. Uh, Genesis right in the beginning, uh, Matthew first book in the New Testament, and Jesus saying, and he talks about these Beatitudes where he says, blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are you. And then the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible in the last chapter, it says, blessed are those who read this prophecy and, and keep to it. Blessed are you. And so there is this message in the Bible that does talk about this quality of life that God is inviting us into that, yes, sometimes feels elusive. And many times we feel like we're flying upside down, but God is yet inviting us into this way of life, this way of wisdom, that if we choose, friends, we can truly learn to live a blessed life. Is it possible? And does it make any difference? You're thinking they're going, well, how do I know this to be true? Does this make any difference? There was a study by Rodney Stark, who's done this extensive study to find out, well, is there any difference between people who are, who are not believers or Christians and those who are? And he found statistically, this is statistically, that yes, the, the people who are, are impacted by the gospel are, incre- are increasingly uh, self-controlled and live in a selfless manner. Uh, they're increasingly behaving less criminal behavior. Uh, hopefully there's not too much of that here this morning, but it's possible. Increasingly less criminal behavior as the gospel comes into a culture, more good social behavior, increasingly experience better marital happiness, lower divorce rates, and produce better and more behaved, better behaved children. Parents who might not think like that right now, but statistically this is true. They experience better mental health on the whole and better physical health too and are more generous and generally more educated and more successful. That's statistically true. I want to say this morning that you've heard it said that happiness comes from going your own way. But Jesus would say, and I want to show you from this psalm, that happiness comes from going his way. There is this relentless pursuit in our culture today which says that individual happiness is the highest good. It's the highest thing we should strive for. If I'm not happy in this job, we'll get another job. If I'm not happy in this relationship, we'll get another relationship. If I'm not happy with this car, get another car. If I'm not happy with... It's this sense of pursuit of happiness and we feel that that that, that is the highest good in life. And Jesus is saying, if you want to be happy, go his way. So back to verse 1 in Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. These words stand and walk and sit talk about a way of life. 
And generally, that, that last term where you sit in this company of mockers, and mockers are those who decided to go their own way and actually mock others who are not. Uh, you know, they, they, they said, well, we're going to go this way and, and we're going to have a dig at everyone else. But when you sit with somebody in, in the Hebrew Semitic language, that actually means that's your tribe. That's where you belong. That's who you are. That's how you identify. You, you, you're keeping company. People who keep company with, with those who, who are going this way, their tribe, their counsel, their wisdom, listening to that. I was just saying to a friend this week that the thing about social media, and, and social media, is, there's some great things about it, but the thing about social media, friends, that we need to understand, and YouTube and the rest, is that they're not wanting to educate you. They're wanting to get your attention because it's about making money. And so social media was developed to, to, to grab our attention, make us feel dissatisfied with life, and actually sell you something. Right? Often they want to sell you the book or, you know, just, just get this or this course, and that will make you happy. It's not designed to teach you, to equip you. It's designed to get your attention. So sometimes we are led down the path thinking that that's going to make us more happy. But Jesus says, follow his way. What does that look like? Verse 2, but this person, this person who's happy delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on that law day and night. The word law is the word, is the Hebrew word Torah, which means God's instruction. It's not just, it's not just the, 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 you know, the, the um, Ten Commandments or those laws. It means the whole instruction of God. When God teaches us his way of life, he says, follow this way of life. Delight in it. And the word meditate is, is like the word um, that's used when, when, a, when a lion is growling over its prey. We've got a cat. Uh, his name's Gypsy. He's not quite sure what he is. Sometimes he thinks he's a lion, I think, because he comes to me and he sort of mouths and then he wants me to follow him and, and I follow him and he wants, he goes straight to his food and he wants to eat his food but he wants me to stroke him while he's sort of, you know, eating his food and he has this sort of growling going on as he's doing that. And I'm going, this is the word meditate. It means that you're feasting and you're growling over it and you're taking it in deeply, meditating on it day and night. Verse 3 says, this person, like Rodney Stark would say from that statistical evidence, this person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. I want to leave that verse up there, and I want to be honest with you, as you're sitting reading that, you're going, probably going, oh, that's nice. I wish my life was like that. Is this really true? Or are we just paying lip service to this? And I want to show you that it is really true in a way, perhaps that you haven't thought about. But is that true? Can it be true? See, this idea of fruitfulness, friends, producing fruit, you know, again, right in the, in the book of Genesis, we see the tree of life bearing fruit. Right In the book of Revelation, we see the tree of life giving fruit and healing. They see this fruitfulness of people, this, 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 this thing about their lives that is just abundant. We see this tree. We see this tree growing. We see this tree prospering. This person is like they're, they're grounded in, in this place where they're being nourished. And, and this fruit is a result of being grounded. And obviously, Psalm 1 talks about being grounded in God's teaching. Yes, 
Absolutely, that's where we learn. That's how we, we hear and put into practice. And Jesus said, you know, don't just listen to me, put it into practice. Hear what I say and put it into practice. So there's, there's a groundedness of this tree in the Word of God. But in many places in the Bible, the, 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 the river is also talks about the Spirit of God. Being, and Jesus said that, that streams of living water will flow out of you. There is this, this connection between God's Word and God's Holy Spirit, which just energizes our lives and allows us to bear fruit, allows us to live lives which are growing and increasing happiness and contentment and fulfillment. Will we ever reach that? No. Uh, I think, I think the, the part of the yearning we feel that life's not quite good is, is the yearning for heaven, the yearning for Eden once again, and that's okay. There is this drive to want to know more of God. But it says in verse 4, not so the wicked, they like chaff. What is chaff? Chaff is when they've taken the wheat and they've threshed the wheat. The chaff is the stuff that blows away. It's got no substance. It doesn't have a kernel. It doesn't have, it's just empty. We've got to ask ourselves about our society. The stuff that we say, the stuff that goes on, is very often just empty. It's not nourishing. We feel empty engaging with it. And people who go the unwise way end up being empty. I don't know about you, if you know really wealthy people or people who've been very prominent and successful, very often they're the most lonely, empty people in this world. Your career, your what you have, the those things don't bring you fulfillment. You know, the latest yacht, the latest trip to Bali. If you go to Bali, that's fine. I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying, saying that sometimes we look at people and go, wow, they just must be happy. Every second month they're off to Bali or some trip. Or, or just look at their kids on social media. They just seem to be so well behaved. They're in every team. They're, they're getting all these awards. What is wrong with me? Or look at that person's job. They just seem to be, you know, making such good progress in life. What is wrong with me? Or their bodies are so much healthier. What is wrong with me? And very often we miss that it's just a spin. There is chaff. There is no purposeness to it. No purpose to it. Verse 5 goes on to say, Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment or sin is in the assembly of the righteous. Verse 6, For the Lord watches over the way. Of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So, what does this all have to do about Jesus? And as I move through the psalm quickly, and as we develop this idea that the psalms are about the songs of Jesus, why do we call them that? Somebody said the psalms are the songs of Jesus because Jesus, by the way, quoted from the psalms more than any other book in the Bible. Jesus used the psalms in his prayers. So they invite us into his own prayer life, but also the Psalms more so are about Jesus. See, Jesus said in Luke 24, verse 25 to 27, he died and rose again, and now he was on the road to Emmaus, and the disciples were wondering what happened to him, and he's talking to these two people, and and they're confused. It feels like life is flying upside down for them. And as he walks along the road with him, and they haven't recognized who he is. He's, remember, he's risen from the dead. His form looks a bit different. He says to them, how foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. And beginning with Moses, that's the first five books, the Pentateuch, and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all of Scripture 
concerning himself. You see, all of the Old Testament points to Jesus. And Jesus was explaining that all of that, all of the fulfillment is in him. See, coming back to Psalm 1, the only person that ever fulfilled all of that, who delighted perfectly in the Father's instructions, who delighted perfectly and meditated on that day and night, the only person who avoided perfectly the sinners and the mockers and the wicked, the only person who perfectly bore fruit, grounded deeply in what his Father had said and in the power of the Holy Spirit, the only person who's ever done that is Jesus. So this psalm invites us to say, hey, my life is not like that. How can I become more like that? It's inviting us into knowing and recognizing that Jesus has done all of these things. He is all of these things. And as we follow him, as we are connected to him, we are changed to become more like this. Otherwise, if I just preach this psalm without Jesus this morning, you'll go out with a guilt trip. You say, well, I've got to stay away from people that are, you know, not a godly. I've got to meditate on God's word day and night. How's that going to go? You know, I've got to be deeply grounded in, in the streams. of How does that work practically? But Jesus has done it for you. And Jesus invites you into the kind of life that he asks you to follow him into. There are two things that point straight away to Jesus. Firstly, Jesus said in John 14, 6, and remember that this, this psalm is about taking two ways, the wise way or the unwise way. Jesus says in John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And notice the word life, zoe. It's a quality of life, this productive life, this life that, that yes, we all want to live and not quite, not, we don't quite get there. And Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me. This quality of life is not possible without the Lord Jesus Christ and the way that he shows us. Secondly, he says, uh, this is also in John, and by the way, this is the night that he was crucified, the passage I've just read, John 14 and John 15, which was just hours before the cross. He said, I am the vine. Now think of this idea of fruitfulness. He says, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So right now, my happiness, my level of happiness is related to how connected I feel and are to Jesus right now. The fruitfulness of my life and your life is a reflection of how deeply you are living that out and choosing to live that out. You've heard it said that happiness comes from going your own way. But Jesus says happiness comes from going His way. And as we do that, friends, we will learn to fly the right way up. We will learn to trust in what Jesus says rather than trust our own instincts, the instruments that that are telling us, you know, learn to trust, trust Jesus as the instruments on an airplane who's saying you're flying upside down with everything else is saying, no, everyone else has got this, I don't. And Jesus says, actually, he's got it. He's got you. 
and you're walking in the way. Psalm 3, Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6, talks about wisdom. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, this morning, go with a happiness check and go, God, am I really deeply satisfied? And if not, what does that mean about my relationship with you right now? And help me fix that. It says, in all your ways, there may be things that are leading you away from him. Secret sins, secret things that are, or, or, or idols, good things that are, that have become idols in our lives. Things that we put our, we put the stake in those things for our happiness, like our family, like careers, like those are good things. But friends, if that's primarily where our happiness comes from, that will let you down. Jesus here says, or the proverb says, in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So how do we do that? And I close with this. And I know I've flown through the psalm and I encourage you to come back for the rest of the series because it will become more and more evident as, as we look to Jesus and how these things really take place. This is just an introduction. Firstly, I want to encourage you to be anchored in God's word and be filled with the spirit. We can't do this on our own. We can't do this if we're ignoring reading what he said and putting it into practice. So here's what I want you to try. Today's the 1st of October, and I remember, this is point number two, try the 30-day Psalm Challenge. What is that about? Um, I remember when I was at Theological College, I, I was challenged to, uh, no matter where you're at in life, to read the Psalms every day. And so the person said, I know this sounds like a lot, but read five Psalms a day for 30 days, and you'll finish Psalms, there's 150 Psalms in the book of Psalms, you'll finish it in a month, and just keep doing that. And I remember going through a really difficult time in my life when the last thing I really felt connected to was God. Um, there was a particular incident that happened, and, and it was just traumatic, I guess, for me. Um, and just journeying through that trauma, the post-trauma of that, journeying through the Psalms, reading five Psalms a day. And I remember at the back of that, that it did transform my life. So I want to challenge you. You might have a fantastic reading plan. If you don't, if you're stuck, try this out. Read five psalms a day, every day, for the next 30 days. And it's quite easy to, to sort of keep track, right? I don't know, we get guilty about this. When you get to the 10th of October, go, yep, I should have read Psalm 50, right? So it sort of is going to work for you. I think this is ordained, right? It's the 1st of October today, right? Maybe God's up to something here. Let me challenge you. Let me challenge you. If your spirit is dry... Try that. Five psalms a day. Thirdly, find joy in God, in obeying God. I should have put that in there, in obeying God. And serving those he loves. You see, friends, happiness is a byproduct. If we pursue happiness on its own, we will be disappointed. If we pursue God in in doing what he asked us to do, happiness results. Let me leave those things with you. As I pray with you in this Uncertain times we're living in where it feels like life is upside down very often. feels like many in our society are flying upside down. Maybe folks in your family, you're worried that they're flying upside down. You're worried that they're going to crash. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for your family. Let me pray for the kids and the teenagers as they start school this week. And they need much wisdom. 
in this world that flies upside down. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you this morning that you take our minds and you speak to us. And Lord, there's so much going on this morning. Um, Yeah, people are just distracted, God. I get that. Um, Life's busy. Um, But I pray, God, that something would arrest each of us. And that, Jesus, we won't ignore you. If you have lived this life perfectly and invite us into that life for the sake of our souls, might we not ignore that? Lord, I pray for those here who have never put their trust and hope in you, that they would begin to turn to that and choose that path, choose that road. Lord, I pray for those here that are just feeling that, um, yeah, on the happiness scale, not very high. They're worried about things. Those things have taken more prominence in their heart than you. You're not center. And I know that happens to me, God. Help them to find their way back to that. Lord, help us to serve you, to obey what you've taught us. Lord Jesus, to live into the kind of life that you've called us to live. Not to live an empty life, but to live a full life, a productive life, a life of hope and joy. And I pray for boys and girls and the teenagers, Lord, that start school again this week. I pray, Lord, that you equip them with everything they need to live godly lives in this confused world. Help them to fly the right way up. Even if their friends, Lord, want to pull them down. We pray for wisdom beyond their age. We pray for ability beyond their age to live this life for Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.